Thank you so much. Michelle and Amelia. There is redemption for every affliction at the foot of the cross. Jesus is the restorer. He is the one who can bring to us new life. And what a privilege it is to be at the village church for the baptism of these two precious young ladies. Amelia and Michelle, God bless you both in a wonderful way as you live your life and as you now join in the marvelous Advent movement, not that you weren't part of it before, but you're even more now part of that wonderful movement going towards heaven. That wonderful movement that keep the commandments of God. That have the testimony of Jesus. My heart is full today. I don't know about you. I've been here since first service. I had a wonderful opportunity to be with a wonderful group of people. And as I was shaking hands at the end of the service, people kept coming to me and saying, we pray for you every day. We're praying for you. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters here at Village Church and wherever you may be, we should pray for each other. Because God wants to work through his people in a powerful way as we come to the very end of time, which I believe we are living in right now. I want to bring you greetings on behalf of your over 21 million brothers and sisters around the world. Seems almost incredible that sending the first missionary from the United States, the man for whom Andrews University is named, John Nevins Andrews. I had the privilege of actually attending two schools with his name. I was a, a grade school student at John Evans Andrews School in Tacoma Park, Maryland, and then attended Andrews, as many of you have, or many of you work there. John Evans Andrews, his son and his daughter, went to Switzerland. It's not a bad place to go. <laughs> but it was tough. It was the first. And from that, the church has grown and grown to spread throughout about 210 countries of the world with over 21 million members working in multiple languages. About 95% of our church membership is now outside of North America. You see what God has done to take the message to every kindred, tribe, and nation? And he's still doing it. I was thrilled this morning to hear the offering appeal. Conrad Vine shared with us a very sensitive story, a very touching story. Someone who's willing to stand for truth. Someone who's willing to stand for 
sacrificial living because they love Jesus. God is calling for you and for me to be part of that continuing mission movement, that movement which is to go to every country until the last country, every city until the last city, every town until the last town, every village till the last village, every house to the last house, every person to the last person. Now when we say we have 21 million members in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we praise God for that and what has happened, but we have seven and a half or more billion people. How are we going to touch those lives? Well, I tell you, it's probably not going to be with ingenious plans developed at the general conference or in the village church. But God asks us every day to do his mission because one of these days very soon, brothers and sisters, in answer to our prayers, the latter rain of the Holy Spirit is going to fall and you are going to see miracles like you have never seen before. And the work will be finished. I am very impressed with this church and with you. Thank you for what you're doing to reach out to the community. Thank you that in your bulletin you're not only thinking about your, your roof. Don't forget your roof, it's important. <laughs> but you're also thinking about neighbor to neighbor. Reaching out to those who are part of the Community Services Center. People who need your help helping to support outreach to various places, mission trips, activities that are taking place, student literature evangelism. I had the privilege this morning after first service of going with uh, Pastor Reeves to the young adult class, first of all, the, the collegiate group. Praise God for what is happening there. Pastor Stojanovich, thank you for your nurturing of those collegiate young people and for leading out in the, in the music here. I tell you, it was marvelous to see that brass section. Of course, they put them over there because they're a lot louder than the strings <laughs> and the flute. I play clarinets and I played in orchestras, so I know... You know, I, we know our place in the woodwinds. <laughs> but what a marvelous thing to hear this. And, and Pastor Reeves, you're, you're playing on the piano. I didn't know you played. You play with real gusto. <laughs> Praise God for that. But we went to the young people this morning. We shared with them, talked with them, prayed with them. We went to the group of young people in the academy age and what is happening to reach out locally 
to nurture young people, to get them to come to Sabbath school, to focus on the Word of God, which has life in itself. This is the written Word representing the living Word, Jesus Christ. To get those young people to come and to study and to understand what it means to truly be a follower of Jesus. And to understand His righteousness. I want to tell you, Seventh-day Adventists should never be accused of being legalists. We should be the greatest proponents of Jesus' grace and His righteousness. What a privilege it is to proclaim the three angels' messages. Those three angels' messages which have at the very core the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I want to thank in a very special way Pastor Kelly for what he is doing in this church to nurture you. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing wrong but something's <laughs> happened. We will do what we can here. I want to thank Pastor Kelly for what he's doing to nurture you in the Word of God, to help you to focus upon that which is of utmost and eternal value, to help you to become involved in not only growing yourself spiritually, but in then being able to reach out to others in a powerful way, helping them to also be prepared for the great climax which is coming. And I want to tell you with all my heart, I believe Jesus is coming soon. I want to thank Pastor Kelly for allowing me to speak to you today. It's a privilege to be here. This afternoon we'll be at PMC. We'll have a special event there. Pray for that, that everything that is done will bring glory to God and not to ourselves. That we will focus on the mission of the church and the activities that God intends for his people to be part of. I want to thank him for a series that he preached in December, a series on kingly power. I watched every one of the four, and I was blessed. I want to thank the individual who passed that on to us, and that was a real blessing. You know, you have a good pastoral staff here, and uh, thank you, Brother Dennis, for helping me uh, find my way around today here in, in the Village Church. God is calling his people for a special work at the end of time. And what you witness today in that baptism of Michelle and Amelia is what he wants to see happen everywhere. I have to tell you, it kind of brought literal tears to my eyes um, to have 
Pastor Gitzel baptized his own daughter. There's something special about that. I've had the privilege of baptizing each one of Nancy's and my three daughters, Emily, Elizabeth, and Catherine. Emily, <clears throat> who lives here in Michigan with her husband, Cameron DeVazier, Emily was baptized in a baptismal pool behind the church in Marquerie, Abidjan, Côte d'Ivoire, in, in Africa. Elizabeth, a little more traditional, she was baptized in the church that I'm a member of right now, Triadelphia Church. We were back in the United States after having served in Africa. And Catherine, our youngest, was baptized in the Oka River in Russia. I tell you, every one of those experiences was precious. Not just because, as a father, I was able to baptize my daughter, but because a new life was born with power in Jesus Christ. The whole symbol of baptism, dying to the old self and coming up a new person in Jesus Christ, is a marvelous experience. And Jesus calls for us at this time and this hour to be part of his outward mission. I want to thank you for what you are doing locally and globally. I want to urge young people here to be part of the student literature evangelism outreach here in the Michigan Conference or wherever it might be. I want to urge and thank the young people and the older ones for sponsoring them for student missions. Now, Pastor Kelly told me that his youngest child, Julie, is going to Ponape as a student missionary and getting final papers and everything arranged for this wonderful opportunity of spending nine or ten months teaching and interfacing with young people in Panape in the Marshall Islands. Our oldest daughter, Emily, went to the island of Majuro. It helped to change her perspective. Of course, she grew up in an overseas situation, having lived in Africa and in Russia. But it does something unique to you when you are part of it and you are providing God-inspired instruction to others. I want to encourage all of you who are helping to support your young people in reaching out in mission. Because if you don't, how will they hear? In the book of John, chapter 9, it says in verse 4, and Jesus himself was speaking, Jesus indicated to the entire world, I think I'd better stay here. <laughs> it worked perfectly, perfectly this morning, but uh, something's a little amiss. 
I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. I want to tell you, I believe fully that the end of time is at hand. We are going to see unbelievable things happen even in this country, which has been founded upon a republic form of government and a Protestant understanding of God, pillars of religious liberty which we enjoy, and I want to say today, Praise God for the religious liberty we are accorded in this country. It will not always be this way. The very pillars upon which the country has been established will be repudiated. I don't know exactly when, but it is indicated to us that the last movements will be rapid ones. And as we focus upon what God wants us to do, let us understand fully that we are living in an unusual time. In fact, as I travel the world, and I do that a lot, and my wife travels with me, and I praise God for that, the Church has asked her to travel with me and to represent you to the world. She works with me in a wonderful way. I'm sorry she isn't here today. She um, is in another location doing something very important. But as we travel the world, we can see firsthand how things are disintegrating everywhere. Now you might say, well, come on now, you know, things have always been bad. We've always seen difficulties. We've always seen challenges. I want to tell you something different is happening in the society, in politics, economically. Yes, the stock market is flying high right now. I'll tell you what, it can take a huge dip very quickly. We are living in very unusual times. We are living in the time when, as Jesus said, and it is he speaking to us today, work while it is day, for the night is coming when no one can work. I want you to take your bulletins, and I want you to look at the Spirit of Prophecy quotation that we have included in there. It's under that title, it says Family Matters and the Announcements. You'll see on the left side it says Reflecting Christ. This comes from Testimonies, Volume 9, Testimonies for the Church, Volume 9, page 117. And I have to tell you, I make no apologies for using and believing in the spirit of prophecy. We hold this word to be the ultimate authority, God's holy word. But God told us, and it's written in your very presence, that there would be the testimony of Jesus, and Revelation 19.10 tells us that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, I, I also have to tell you, I'm very impressed 
with your church building and structure. It's very simple. It's very crisp. I love the blonde wood, the simplicity of how it looks, but the message that you see every time you come here, those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, and who do you have right in the middle? The three angels. May you be reminded and not simply allow that to pass through your mind without dwelling on your physical surroundings here in this beautiful sanctuary. From testimonies, one sentence, and I encourage you to look at what comes before and what comes after. I mean, nobody has an excuse for saying, oh, I don't have a copy of Volume 9. You can get it right here. It's not a problem. The work of God in this earth and in the village church territory, that's my paraphrase, can never be finished until the men and women comprising our church membership, that's all of us, rally to the work and unite their efforts with those of ministers and church officers. I'm not saying that many of you are not participating in mission. I'm trying to tell you that all of us must work together. The organized administrative activity, whether it is at whatever level, general conference, division, union, conference, local church. I have to just parenthetically stop for a moment. In one of Pastor Kelly's sermons entitled, well, under the series Kingly Power, he asked you to do something that really touched me. He said, pray for Elder Wilson. Pray for Dan Jackson. Pray for Pastor Valentine. Pray for Pastor Mitchiff. I tell you, that really touched my heart. All of us, at whatever level and whatever organizational entity, we are to work together to the glory of God. This afternoon, I'll share some, some good news of how God is helping us to do that. But as all of us look at the mission around us, we realize it's not just those who have been elected as officers of the village church are to carry out their functions. Yes, that's what we elected them to do. Let them do it. It's not just those who are paid clergy, the ministers who are supposed to hold meetings and do this and that and do the visitation. Yes, they are the catalysts, but we are all to work together. Everyone has a place. You know, we sang one of those hymns this morning. I was, this is one of my favorites anyway, 373, Seeking the Lost. You know, the basses join in and the sopranos coming in. I mean, it's just an exciting song, isn't it? And it says there, the last verse, 
Thus I would go on missions of mercy, following Christ from day unto day. You know, the Adventist journey is not just on the seventh day. It is a day-to-day journey. It's a mission journey every day. What's going to happen when you leave these doors today for next week? Cheering the faint and raising the fallen, pointing the lost to Jesus the way. Michelle and Amelia, yes, Jesus is the rescuer. He is the way. Going afar upon the mountain, bringing the wanderer back again into the fold of my Redeemer, Jesus the Lamb for sinners slain. The ultimate objective is to take people to the foot of the cross and let Jesus change them so that they can prepare for his soon return. Turn with me in the book of Romans. And thank you, James, for reading our text for today. What a privilege to have a brother read the scripture and a father baptize the daughter. Praise God. When we look at Romans chapter 8, Paul becomes ecstatic about his relationship. Of course, Paul recognized very personally what Christ would do, did do in his life. And he just gets so excited. Who's going to separate us from the love of Christ? Verse 35. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. Verse 37. In all these we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Well, Paul didn't quit with that. He kept going. For I'm persuaded, neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers, things present or things to come, height, depth, any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to tell you today, I don't know what you're facing right now. You may have challenges at home. Maybe there is some dissension between husband and wife, maybe some misunderstanding between children, maybe you're facing an economic financial challenge. I don't know. Maybe you're facing a situation as a student at Andrews University where you just aren't quite getting a grasp of that subject that you're taking. Maybe you're having a problem with your health. I don't know what you're facing. But I do want to tell you, I don't care what it is, God has the answers and he loves you dearly. Nothing is going to separate you from this love. There is no limit to God's love and to his ability to work in you to accomplish his last day message. In the spirit of prophecy, the book Evangelism page 599, it says, We claim little when we might claim much, for there is no limit to the promises of God. No limit to his love, no limit to the promises of what he wants to do through you this coming week. 
Desire of Ages, 250 and 251. He who loves Christ the most will do the greatest amount of good. There is no limit to the usefulness of one who by putting self aside makes room for the working of the Holy Spirit upon his heart and lives a life wholly consecrated to God. No limit. In fact, most disagreements come about when we do not humble ourselves and submit to each other. Because we're told that when we put self aside, there's no limit to the usefulness of what we can do. No limit to God's love, no limit to the usefulness so that they can hear. Turn with me two chapters more to Romans 10. And we'll read there, as James had read, verses 13, 14, and we're going to go to 15. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can you say amen? Amen. What a powerful statement Paul made. But then Paul begins to uncover this further. He begins to dig down. He, he drills down to the essentials. And he says, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, I want to stop there for a moment because this is not just talking about people who have gone through the seminary and become professional preachers. This is talking about every single one of us because each one of us preaches a sermon every day. I had a, an administrative assistant who had a particular sign in her office area which is a well-known saying, and it said the following, Preach the gospel always. If necessary, use words. You see, our actions speak louder than our words. I'm not in any way saying you should not be part of public proclamation of the word. That is what just thrills people. We were in Jamaica recently. This afternoon I'll talk more about why we were there. But we were there for a particular meeting. But in addition, the Jamaica Union asked some of us to participate in an enormous evangelistic outreach across the island of Jamaica. They have thousands of church members in Jamaica. In fact, about every ninth person or tenth person you will meet on the street in Kingston or wherever in Jamaica will be a Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, Seventh-day Adventist faith is widely known. But they were having a huge evangelistic outreach, and they asked some of us to be part of that. And every night, even though we had meetings during the day, every night we were preaching the precious Word of God. I want to tell you, I get so excited about preaching the beautiful fundamental truths of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. 
it reconverts me every time I preach them. I just get so excited. It's been a privilege to hold evangelistic meetings every year for the last number of years. Uh, and uh, we, will, we just did that in Jamaica. We'll be doing that again in uh, the country of India in June. I would ask for your prayers in that. And next year, we're going to PNG, Papua New Guinea. But what a privilege it is to preach the gospel. But you have the opportunity of preaching it in many different ways. Let's read on. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? When you leave those doors this afternoon, in a few minutes, I'm not going to preach all afternoon, you are being sent to your home, to your community, and beyond. Everyone who becomes a new believer, and this ties in so beautifully with Amelia and Michelle, those who are baptized, we're told in the spirit of prophecy, those who are baptized are born missionaries. So baptism is not some graduation exercise and now you have arrived and you can coast along. You're now a missionary. When you leave those doors today, you are part of God's great proclamation to the entire world. Well, Paul goes on and he quotes from Scripture. You know, Scripture is the Word of God and it relies upon itself. The New Testament writers quoting the Old Testament, it is all connected. It is God's Word, every single one of the 66 books. Praise God for the Holy Word. And so Paul goes on and he's quoting from Isaiah chapter 52. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. The next line from Song of Solomon, who bring glad tidings of good things. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think my feet are very beautiful. I'm going to try this microphone again because I need to move around just a little bit. Let's see if it works. I love to hike. I love to climb in the mountains. I enjoy hiking. It's one of our favorite activities. My wife as well. What a privilege it is to have a spouse who enjoys many of the same things you do. Now, if you don't enjoy many things together, don't worry. The Lord can keep you together in wonderful love. That's okay. <laughs> but Nancy and I just love hiking. <clears throat> hiking is a fascinating experience because you, as you walk along the trail, and especially if you're descending, some of you have done this. It's maybe not the maybe maybe not the uh, the wisest thing or the or, or the or the most uh, beneficial thing, safest thing. But sometimes. I like to run down the mountain. 
And it absolutely amazes me the coordination of the eye and the foot in running down and my foot, I don't watch everything where it goes, but it goes basically where it's supposed to go because the whole body is wonderfully made. That, little, that brings me into a beautiful aspect. Let's each of us, as Seventh-day Adventists, be the greatest proclaimers of that first angel's message, which says that God created the earth in six literal days and rested on the seventh day. He is the creator of everything. What a marvelous message we have of our origins being created in the image of God. And when you think of that coordination between mind, eye, foot, I am thankful for my feet. So my feet are very important to me and I praise God that he's given me the ability and the agility to move even at this age. Praise God for that. But my feet are not beautiful. They're utilitarian but not beautiful. Now, imagine for a moment the Lord has returned. He has taken us up into the air. We have traveled with him for one week to heaven. Everyone will get an opportunity who has not, who has not, who has not in the past kept Sabbath. They will keep the Sabbath before they get to he heaven. And there we are in heaven. The Lord has said, that's your place. And you run over and you, you inhabit the place that he has prepared for you. Let me tell you, you will not be taking any furniture to heaven. You will not take anything except your character. But the Lord will have provided everything. We will not get to heaven through a passport or a visa, those things that I'm very used to. I see Pastor Stella here with us today. He's the chair of Andrews University Board. We'll be together. We were just together in Loma Linda. Uh, we had a board there as well. Pastor Stella and others know that we need visas and passports to get around the world. We have the only passport that will get us into heaven and that is the blood and the grace of Jesus Christ. And we, and we will get to heaven and we will be there and we will be in a house that the Lord has prepared. But Jesus is going to speak to all of us. And so you get ready and you don't want to miss it. You don't want to be late. And so you begin to walk from your place over to where Jesus will speak. But you hear a voice. It's an unfamiliar voice coming from behind. And the voice says, your feet are beautiful. You turn and look and you see a dear sister there and you say, uh, 
come with me. Let's walk to Jesus because I don't want to be late, but tell me as we walk along, why are my feet beautiful? You don't remember? When I was without some money sometime, and you came to feed our family. It was in a difficult part of town, and you came and you left food for us. Your feet are beautiful. You, you don't remember when my nephew ended up in the Berrien County Jail because of a drug infraction? And you and another person went to talk with him and encourage him and prayed with him. And he's here with us up in heaven because of what you did. Your feet are beautiful. You don't remember when I didn't have everything I needed and I stopped by the community services center and I received clothing and you handed those clothes to me. And before I left, you prayed for me. Your feet are beautiful. You don't remember when you were there at the Berrien County Youth Fair at a, a little uh, exhibit, and you took my blood pressure, and you gave me a glow track, a beautiful glow track, which led to Bible studies and my acceptance of Christ. And that's why I'm here today. Your feet are beautiful. I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters of the Village Church, and anyone who might be watching, God wants to use you this week and into the future to be a powerful witness for him so that your feet truly will be beautiful. You'll not find that out until you get to heaven as to how beautiful they are. God wants to use every one of you in an increasingly powerful way. I want to read from the book Steps to Christ, page 81. Marvelous little book. If you haven't picked it up recently, most of you have a copy. Thirteen chapters, wonderful spiritual strength for each of us. Page 81, the Church of Christ is God's appointed agency for the salvation of men. Its mission is to carry the gospel to the world, and the obligation rests upon all Christians. Everyone, no one's left out of that word, everyone in the village church, to the extent of his talent and opportunity, his and her talent, is to fulfill the Savior's commission. The love of Christ revealed to us makes us debtors to all who know him not. God has given us light, not for ourselves alone, but to shed upon them. 
everyone who is baptized and joins God's precious remnant church is born a missionary. How will they hear? Through you, and you, and you, and through me. Just another couple paragraphs down or so, it says, We need not go to heathen lands. Pray for the work that you heard about this morning taking place in Africa and all around the world. But you don't have to go there or even leave the narrow circle of the home. If it is there that our duty lies in order to work for Christ, we can do this in the home circle, in the church, among those with whom we associate and with whom we do business. God is using you and wants to use you in a powerful way. The Lord is reaching out to people all over the world. In the closing minutes, I just want to share with you uh, some illustrations of that. In the country of Indonesia, Papua, Indonesia, which is the other half of the island where Papua New Guinea is, two young ladies, 19 and 21, were taken to a small mountain village on the side of a very high mountain, the village of Yabosorom. They landed the mission aviation plane. It was about the only way they could get there unless they were going to take many days to get there. And the village was so excited because this village of 200 was now going to have some young people, praise God for young people again in student missions. God bless you, Julie, wherever you are and others who are going to go out. These two young ladies were going to teach the village to read. Now, the chief's wife was a bit apprehensive and was a little bit unsure about these young ladies and whatever they were bringing. She could not read, but they gave her a special book of Bible studies. And even though the wife of the chief was apprehensive, she received that gift gladly. Don't overestimate your contacts with people using the good old-fashioned method of giving them a Bible tract. I just handed one to the fellow who helped me get my car in Grand Rapids at the airport. You know, I'm finding today that people are much more receptive to receiving something of a spiritual nature than they used to be. Keep some of those little tracks, glow tracks, or something in your pocket. Hand them out and encourage people. And this lady, this chief's wife, received this gift. She couldn't read it. She put it somewhere in her little humble hut and went to sleep. During the night, she woke up and she saw a strange glow in the room. She looked over and she saw that the book of Bible studies was glowing. She walked over and picked up this glowing book, trying to figure out what was happening, and a brighter light took precedence in the little hut. 
she looked and there she saw a man standing brilliant in his color and light. And he said, those two young ladies are like Noah, telling and giving instruction to those before the flood. You can accept or believe in what they say. And he disappeared. The next morning, the chief's wife was so excited. She told everyone around what had happened, and people were rejoicing that an angel had come to appear to the chief's wife. And through God's miraculous intervention, let me tell you, if he cannot work through you, he will do something supernatural. But he wants to work through you. But through God's intervention in that very remote mountain town, after eight months and the hard work of the Holy Spirit working through those two young ladies, 19 and 21, 23 people were baptized. God is working in a marvelous way all over the world. Nancy and I had the privilege of holding evangelistic meetings in Japan uh, last year. Not an easy place. About 125 million people in Japan, only about 15,000 Seventh-day Adventists. Please pray for that very highly developed country and also secular in many ways. One of the people that was at our meeting came to the first meeting, greeted me as I was shaking hands at the door at the beginning of the meetings, was very polite but kind of reserved. His name was Norio. And he said, I may come back to some meeting. I'm not going to come too often, maybe not at all or whatever, but maybe I'll come, something like that. Well, we preached the word of God and especially the word about the second coming of Jesus Christ and about the Sabbath, and Norio was hooked on the word of God. He came back night after night, and one night he came to me and he said, I must be baptized. Of course, those are words that any evangelist or anyone loves to hear. And as, we, as he was studied with, Things were gone over. His wife, who was a Seventh-day Adventist, rejoiced on the day that Norio was baptized. And I got a nice little note from him. We really appreciate all of your warm support to be baptized and let us know the truth. Through your presentation, I did know the truth of God's love, the importance of the seventh day, following the Bible and the Advent. I'm so grateful to know about that and to be a member of the SDA. From now on, I will have my life with God, Jesus, Bible, SDA, and my wife, who brought me to the Amanuma Church. I want to tell you, when you see people's lives changed, it changes your life. And you begin to realize this is why God brought us here, so that they may hear. One of these days, very soon, we're going to look up into the eastern sky. And I don't care whether it is in cloudy Berrien Springs with snow coming down, the brilliance and the power of this particular cloud is going to absolutely obliterate 
all other hindrances because you will see that cloud approaching and it will get brighter and brighter and larger and larger and soon it will fill the entire sky. All of heaven poured out for this climactic event. Rainbow. Lightning under the cloud. But right in the very center of the cloud, your eyes are fixed upon the one who has saved you. The rescuer, as the girls sang. And you will look up, and I will look up, and it will all happen at the same time around the world, not through any satellite television activity. It will be a miracle of God. Every eye will see him at the same time. Second coming will be an audible Event. It will be a visual event. It will be a real event. And we will look up and say, this is the God whom we have waited for. And Jesus will look down. I kind of like thinking that he may say, well done, good and faithful servants of the village church. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And we will rise up into the air following those who have died in Christ. The trumpet will have blasted and the dead in Christ will rise and the life-giving power from heaven will take place. I'll get to see my parents again. You'll get to see your loved ones who have died. I preached a sermon on this platform for Dr. Kish, who died. We'll see him again. Because Jesus' power will bring people from the grave and we who are alive will follow those who have been dead in Christ and are now alive and we will proceed to be with the Lord forever. God wants you to tell others about that marvelous day. And when you do, your feet will be beautiful. How many of you today want to say, Lord, when I leave this beautiful sanctuary, when I leave the studying of your word, when I leave the opportunity of being together as a family, I'm going to exit those doors and I'm going back out into the world. But I want you to go with me and I want you to help me to share the amazing gospel of Jesus Christ so that as I am sent, I can preach. And as I preach, they will hear. And as they hear, they will believe. And as they believe, they will call upon the name of Jesus Christ. If you would like to commit yourself to that great mission objective this week. And you also want to say to the Lord, I want to be part of that great throng that is waiting for your soon coming. Lord, use me so that my feet will be beautiful all to your glory. If you want to make those commitments, would you like to stand with me right now? Amen. And sing together that marvelous, wonderful, beautiful hymn.
The church has one foundation. It is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Just before the benediction from Elder Wilson, I hope that many of you will join us for potluck in the Fellowship Hall, which is just outside uh, these windows here. If you go out and take a left and follow that corridor all the way to the end, you will reach it. Um, The way we do potluck here, for those of you who may be visiting with us, is everyone will go and be seated at their tables first. We'll have a prayer, and then tables will be dismissed and go through lines. There are three lines upstairs, and there's also a line downstairs in the youth room. Should our capacity fill at the top, there are stairs that go downstairs, and you can go to the youth room. So it will go quickly, efficiently. 
Uh, please take your seats first at the table. You'll be dismissed by table. And then once everyone has gone through uh, whatever is left, we'll announce that seconds are available at that time. Thank you. Father in heaven, we thank you that your church, which will be victorious, will be the church at rest. In that final day when you call all of us to be with you for eternity, we are so grateful for the opportunity of participating in the proclamation of the message that will lead to that. Help us all within the hearing of my voice to realize that every single one of us can play a part in proclaiming the three angels' messages of Revelation 14 and the fourth angel of Revelation 18, calling people back to the true worship of you as our almighty God. Lord, help us to do that as Jesus did, ministering to them physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually, helping them in a balanced way to understand that you love them dearly and that nothing can separate them from the love of God. And in doing so, all through the power of the Holy Spirit, our feet can be beautiful, all to your glory. Now bless each one who leaves this place, and may they walk with you, and may their feet be beautiful because you are living and growing and working in each of us. Thank you for hearing us and the promise of your soon coming. Bless each one and their families here today. In the powerful and wonderful name of our Creator, our Redeemer, our Savior, our coming King, and our best friend, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.